And this is just honest. I got to a point when every session would set me back two days. I would have a session and then I was a basket case for two days and not. What's up? So glad to be back here with y'all for this amazing podcast, right? I got my girl, Amber. I always like to say people's middle names. I got my girl, Amber Michelle Likens here with us today. Let me tell you. Amber and I have been friends, how long, like five years, maybe? Probably not. Well, 2017, I met Olivia. So 2018, I think, is when we officially like met met each other. Yeah, and I barely liked her probably to like 2019. That first it's probably year. It, yeah, it's facts. Yeah, I was just like, she all right, you know, she's a. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, it wasn't true. I'm just a very. I used to be. I feel like I'm way more open now. <laughs> but I'm very like suspicious. I'm just waiting for you to show your behind. Waiting for you to end up. Waiting for you to be fake. That's what I'm waiting on. You know what I mean? Like that's how I was. So I'm like, yep. this girl's not. This girl is not this great. She fake. I don't know when it's gonna come out, but it's gonna come out, and I'm gonna be like, yep, I knew. Um, but which is so sad, right? Because that means there was a whole year that I could have enjoyed the love and excitement of loving Amber Likens, and I missed out on it. This is what happens when you're suspicious, people. This is what happens. Yeah. But she's my friend. I'm going to read her bio for y'all. Amber Likens is a beauty obsessed. I don't know who wrote this bio, but that's 100%. Amber Likens is a beauty obsessed individual with a passion for helping others look and feel their best. With over 20 years experience in the beauty industry, Amber has gained extensive knowledge on the best products and techniques to create a flawless look for any occasion. Amber Likens is a true beauty guru who inspires and empowers individuals to feel confident and beautiful in their own skin. So excited Bye. to have you as my guest host today. Um, that's a great bio, but I just want to make sure because a lot of people like this. I'm not saying it don't mean that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying there's some things that they may not really get. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, she's beauty obsessed and she helps people, but um, really generating real revenue as a result of this work that you've uh, decided to do, um, building a platform of over 16,000 subscribers on YouTube uh, through what you are obsessed with doing and what you love to do. And so I feel like a lot of times when people see you, when they meet you and they're like looking at your branding and stuff because you are a real character i feel like people don't think you're a real person like they just assume <laughs> your life is just so perfect that you kind of are this girl that just everything just works out for you which can be super annoying yeah. to feel that way about a person and so they mm -hmm. they might not understand that there are some obstacles that you have to overcome on a regular basis in order for you to show up the way that you do and that's one of the things i'd like for us to talk about today yeah, let's get into it. I think it wasn't maybe a year or two after we met, there was someone in our life, like within the circle. And that's something that woman said all the time is that she just, she doesn't get it. You know what I mean? She doesn't get it. Look at what she has or look at what she does. And I think it's just how I carry myself, like trying to be as best to be optimistic and it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. Do you know what I mean? And I also love to be polished up if I can, you know what I mean? Like try to, you know, be cute and fix my hair and all that stuff. And I think that's definitely, I think as a woman, you have to do that to make yourself really feel good about yourself. Like just take the time to put that energy into who you are. But then it is so sad that the outside looking in just takes that as like, you're fine. Nothing's ever wrong with you. Do you know what I mean? You never get it. And I'm like, that's absolutely not true. Um, and I think, I think there's a huge difference too between I am dressing up and looking this way to hide the fact that I feel like a trash can on the inside and mm -hmm. saying, I want to put my best foot forward and I want to wear clothes and styles and makeup 
that makes me yeah. feel good. I don't care how what anybody else thinks about it. This is for me. It's not for everybody else. I think there's a huge difference. But unfortunately, especially because you're a makeup artist, she's retired her brushes. No, she you cannot book her. First of all, I can even hear her <laughs> Up no more. It's so annoying. <laughs> um, you cannot book her. But because of that skill, right? Like your makeup, when you do your face, it is flawless and it's cutesy and it's all of these things. But that's a real extension of who you are. I think the other thing too, which I'm going to say, like, I never met a person that speaks with such faith, honestly, like the way that you talk about what your goals are and what your plans are. You talk, your tone and your attitude is like, oh, I'm really going to get this done. Not like you're trying to convince people. You speak with such confidence about your goals, goals that you have not hit, by the way, right? Like you had a goal and then you didn't hit it. You have experienced not hitting goals before, right? But you talk about your goals with such confidence that even the people around you, they take it as like a fact, right? Yeah. Like you're like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to help you to do this and I'm going to help you to do that. And you say it with such confidence, it's like, oh, she's gonna like pull this magic string or she's gonna do this magic potion and I don't have to do anything. Just whatever she tells me she's gonna help me do, it is definitely gonna happen. Or whatever she yeah. says she's gonna do, well, it's definitely gonna happen. And no matter mm -hmm. what it turns out like, sometimes you hit the mark, sometimes you don't. Whatever the next mark is, you literally have the same, you have the energy like you never miss the mark. That's what you give. You give like never miss the target type energy. And I think that can be uh, not misleading, but I think that people misunderstand that. Okay. Yeah. I you can see I mean? that. They're like, oh, well, she just, she's just hitting all these goals. Well, she doesn't understand what it's like to be me because she is hitting every target. No, I'm not hitting every target, but every target I have, I'm going to talk about that target. Like I'm going to hit that target. Because that's the one of the things I can control. So I love that about you. Um, we're going to pull the curtain back a little bit today for the people. And I just want you and I to talk about something that I don't think that people would you know, really guess. Um, and I'm saying this to y'all because I know that y'all have been called to something. Y'all have a purpose. There's work. And you think that everything in your life has got to be a certain way before you can go out and do what you've been called to mm -hmm. do before you can go out and achieve and it's just not true and so when I talk to the women in my community and I ask them what is something that they wish they could like if I could overcome this thing what would it be so that I could get to the next level and a mm -hmm. lot of women say anxiety mm -hmm. so I want us to talk mm -hmm. about anxiety have you ever experienced anxiety what is your feelings about it like what does that look like for you First of all, have you ever been, have you ever like experienced anxiety? Yes. On a daily basis. <laughs> I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to talk as if I'm like years ago, Amber to, cause present Amber is very different from how I'm aware of things. Um, nothing really hit me hard until big life changes. And so when you get pregnant and when you experience that, your hormones are a nightmare anyways. And after pregnancy, you take this test at the doctor's office and they want to kind of know, how are you dealing with life now? And I failed it. I failed it. And I was like, huh, interesting. You know, it was literally the most simple questions. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's how I, that's what it is. And I never had a thought in my mind that something could be a little off, right? Like, I just felt like life is good. Everything's great. But how I deal with things and triggers that I was unaware that I may have had, they were like, so, you know, a doctor comes in, she's like sitting down and she gets eye level with you. And she's like, so honey, she's like, so I just want you to know um, what you answered on that. I mean, it's not, not really normal, you know, so let's talk about it. And immediately doctors want to push anxiety medicine on you and they just want to do all the things. So they were prescribing me some stuff. And I mean, I just took it with a grain of salt. I just took the information. I was like, yep, send it to the pharmacy. That's fine. But one thing that happened to me after the fact is that I really was like trying to do my best as a new mom and trying to also run a business because that was a new life for me. I was just used to 
just doing whatever Amber needs to do. Um, And then obviously having a spouse on top of that, right, to help and support. But I remember her telling me all the things that could happen when you take anxiety medicine. And then if you try to come off of it, you have to wean yourself off of it, not just cold turkey. And I think I took two or three different, I went and got the bottle and I think I took like two or three pills. And I was like, you know what? One day I was like, I'm literally not going to do it. I'm not doing this. This is crazy. I don't want to numb myself to things that I may be dealing with that I'm unaware that I'm even dealing with. I don't know. I don't even know how to figure that out. And so it got brought up to me about therapy and it was year. I was like, no, people go to therapy that actually have problems. I don't actually have problems. <laughs> you know, like I, I was such, I was very much like in denial of things that could be bothering me or not allowing me to, you know, really, I guess, take things in a little bit easier. I was just high, like, this just not going to happen. It's done. And I would worry. Um, And so I remember then I was like, something is wrong with me. And that was always what I told myself. I was like, something's off with me. And then I started using the word crazy. I was like, yeah, I'm just crazy. Like, I'm just, I'm crazy. I'm a crazy person. Yay. And I know now that that's definitely not what you want to tell yourself. (laughs) Um, But I mean, it was really real. There were times where I would just cry out of nowhere. I would get upset if someone would say something to me the wrong way. Like I was very protective. And so knowing now I'm a very protective human being. So if someone comes for someone in my family or my children or my spouse or a best friend, like I'm just like at a 10 already. And I don't even know how I got to a 10. And those things I was really experiencing. And I was like, I have never been like this before, but pre kids, I was always a little wild. You know, I was always the one that had a mouth. So I was like, it's just who I am. But, um, but it really comes down to past and history and how I deal with things and how I cover up stuff and, um, how I just like, I bury stuff. I bury it and I bury it pretty deep because I don't even realize it's a thing. You said a lot, but let me just, I want to break this down for people, right? So here's the thing, right? Realizing that anxiety does not show up necessarily in an anxiety attack, but understanding that it may, like, because I'm experiencing anxiety, that might be why I'm responding this way. That's why I went off the deep end. It's why I attacked you. It's why I was yelling. It's why I was so emotional. It's why I was all of these things. Or it's why I started crying because it got to this certain level and I just, my thoughts got away from me or my fears got away from me. And so now I'm responding in that way. I think that a lot of times people think like anxiety looks like a panic attack only, um, or it looks like it, or it looks like something, right? But sometimes, mm-hmm. truthfully, it, it, listen, this is what my therapist says, right? She's like, you know, sometimes we see that dysfunction, but it looks normal because it's all we've known. We've only known how to respond by yelling. We've only known how to respond by whatever. And maybe that's how other people saw it. And it's like, oh, well, she's just that way. Well, maybe I've always had a problem with managing my anxiety or managing my thoughts so that it doesn't get me there. And we're also not talking about like everybody gets anxious from a time or another. We are talking about anxiety that is ongoing and that impacts the way that you process, you think, the way you experience, the way you respond, right? It is a part of your day-to-day life, even when you are not having an anxiety attack, right? It doesn't always have to be at the attack Mm -hmm. level. But if it is with you, like your best friend, it's like uh, they had these commercials. First of all, I don't watch commercials now, right? But there used to be this commercial. It was for like medication. It was depression medication. And the depression they had illustrated as a cloud. And so the cloud is like his friend, but not his friend, right? The cloud is walking with him everywhere that he goes. And then the medicine kind of changes the way the cloud is or whatever, right? That's the level of anxiety I'm talking about, where it is like with you all the time, whether it's raining or not, whether you're having a breakdown or not, but it is always there just beneath the surface. And if Mm -hmm. something that really isn't anything, right, for a, um, I don't want to say normal, but healthy, right, for an emotionally, mentally healthy person, right, that would happen to them. They would not respond at the level and at the depth that you do. 
right? right. And not even being able to recognize without this test, which sounds kind of like a postpartum test. You have a kid, then after you have right. a kid, you go back for your checkup and they're asking you this because a lot of women experience postpartum. And you're like, oh yeah, that's how I feel. I feel like that. Oh yeah. You're immediately thinking like, oh yeah, this is normal. This is fine. Because it's on the list, I must be, I must be healthy. Yeah, I'm right on track. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And then the doctor says, hey friend, let's do <laughs> um and I also want to say we're not saying not to take medicine, take medicine, don't take medicine, listen to your healthcare professional. Um, and at the th same time, I think that it is really important for you to make decisions for yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. Listen to the advice, right? Um, I'm the ultimate decision maker in my life. I don't care what anybody says. I am the ultimate decision maker. And so I may go to the doctor and I want to hear what the doctor says. I want to take the doctor's advice. I'm going to go to my Lord and Savior. I want to go to my father and I'm going to have a conversation with him and tell him what the doctor told me and how I'm feeling. And then me and the Lord are going to make a decision and I have the final say, right? That's it. I'm going to decide whether or not I'm going to follow the Lord or yeah. follow my feelings or follow what the doctor said. Like, but that is how it is. So just because somebody's a doctor or Lord, whatever, like I'm going to take advice. But just because you gave me that advice, don't mean I'm gonna do it, right? And I'm not, and I'm not right. saying live y'all life that way. I'm just saying that's how we live our lives. We live our lives where right. I don't care what kind of degree you got. I do not care. It better sit right with my spirit in order for me to continue doing it. Because I like you, um, I was diagnosed with IBS, and IBS. Uh, when I say I like you, I mean like I like you. Also, struggle with anxiety. Um, I had to yes. try. I had depression, anxiety, and high stress, right? And so those are the those are the leading cause of IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. It's been called a million things over the years. The most gross, I think, is spastic colon. I feel like that is that sounds spastic colon. Yeah. That sounds horrible. <laughs> Maybe that's why they changed the name of it. <laughs> like it's all in Um, But that was like years ago. I'm trying to think when. When did they have? I don't even know. I was still teaching then. So it was prior to 2017. And so I'm going to the doctor because I'm sick all the time. Like randomly, I'm sick every um, like three days out of the week. First of all, I have to work. So being sick, never knowing when I'm going to be sick, having to go to the bathroom, like, oh, just so horrible. Feeling this thing in my body, like feeling not like just all the things. And so it was happening every year, like around the same time. After three years of that, they finally sent me to a specialist. I go to the specialist. He is the um, internal I don't know, whatever specialist, whatever special. I don't even remember because it was so long ago. And so I meet with him. He does all the testing. And he asks me all these questions. It's like a pop quiz. You gotta, you're just checking them off or whatever. Because when he first talks to me, I'm like, I'm fine. I don't have a lot of stress. I don't, I feel regular, but I go to school. I have kids. I'm, and when I say I go to school, I teach, I teach and I, yeah. whatever. this is what I'm telling this. So I'm just like, no, my life is just regular. I don't have a crisis going on. It's fine. <laughs> this is regular life. Mm -hmm. And so then he tells me he believes that I have IBS and I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to die? He's like, listen, he's like, this is caused by depression, anxiety, or stress. I was like, oh yeah. If you'd asked me that, I could have said check, check, check. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, check. I got all three right, right across the board. And so I didn't realize that right until I, until we took the quiz and it turns out I had all of the things. Um, and this is why this developed. And it's not, it's so crazy, you guys. It's not that your body is broken, right? IBS is not, right. it's not like, um, it's not sores. It's not scarring. It's not any of those things. What really it is, is that your digestive system misbehaves. Mm -hmm. It's not broken. Yeah. It doesn't need to be repaired. It does not have disease. It just needs an attitude readjustment. You know what I'm saying? It just acts yeah. up. And what causes it to act up on a regular basis are your stress levels, anxiety levels. And so that's why I was having these um, experiences like over and over and over, like every year around the time of my cousin's passing, after my cousin's mm -hmm. passing. 
And so I never would have tied or realized that I had this anxiety or whatever if it had not manifested physically in my body. So he wants to describe, uh, prescribe me this medicine that's going to help me to be calm, even though I feel calm, right? I'm not right. that I experienced panic attacks. That's not like a regular, that wasn't a regular thing. I did not feel like there was anything wrong with me except for like, oh, I knew that my stomach would be upset or that type of thing. And I worried a lot, but I just felt like, well, I'm right. mom. So obviously I worried. Yeah. I'm not worrying about your kids, what kind of mom are you? But like, that's just how <laughs> that's just and when you experience something too I feel like when you experience the worst possible outcome right I'm not a person who's missed the worst possible outcome I have experienced in my life some of the worst possible outcomes um with loved ones and relationships and things like that that makes you much more aware everybody knows that people die everybody knows that you can right. lose a person everybody knows that but when it is at your house though, it yeah. gives you an awareness that is completely different. And now if you don't get help or something, your whole life experience, I remember, oh, this is, I don't even think I ever said this. I remember, I remember after my cousin passed, I would like, like just sometimes it would just drop in my head and I would think like, what if I only have I, it's possible I only have 20 years left with Micah. It's possible oh. I only have 15 years left with my kid. It's possible, like, yeah. because I was just doing the math of when my cousin died. And I'm like, you know, my aunt didn't know that that was all the time she was going to get. She had no, we could not have had any idea that that would be it. And so yeah. every once in a while, like, I don't know, like at random times, it would just come over me. And then I would have this debilitating, like, fear and worry about... Like, oh my gosh, it's possible that I could only have like 20 years left with Kyra. Like in 20 That's years. wild. Yeah. And that would just like yeah. just mess you up. But I'm now I'm filtering everything in life through this real life experience where I had the worst possible outcome. So the fact that you think that you're gonna be, this is why we need therapy right here. Because you like life is not easy. And when you experience loss and trauma like that, you need professional help. We are not equipped inherently with how to manage and heal ourselves. So, girl, you were devastated. I needed to be on somebody's couch. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and it, no professional said to me in a professional like setting you need to speak with someone that was never said to me. It was just, let's cover it up. And that's, that's how I view a lot of medication. It numbs you from feeling a certain way. And I, I wish someone said to me sooner besides an outsider going like, girl, you need therapy. You know what I mean? Because yeah. then that kind of triggers me like, Oh, you think I'm crazy? Oh, Let me hey, <laughs> yeah. But like a professional going, listen, a therapist is going to help you unlock some stuff that you may be dealing with that may be triggering this emotion or feeling. So have you ever thought about that? And I would have been like, no, but oh my gosh, like I have something that's triggering me. I never even knew that was a thing. And I, when you're sharing this story, honestly, I think this is going to be hopefully helpful to a listener right now, because I felt that I was hiding so much. I feel like this is just kind of coming up hiding so much in my anxiety or um, feelings that I was having or worry and all this stuff that if I showed a lot of that, my professional career would tank because what I did as a woman professionally is I showed up for other women and I, you know, I, I ran this whole production crew basically right in the beauty industry. And, you know, I would show up with other executive women and I just felt like if I showed weakness that I couldn't handle or I couldn't take responsibility or I couldn't manage things or I couldn't, whatever that looked like, then I failed and my clients would leave. Um, I wouldn't be invited back to things like now when you're saying that it takes me back to those moments. That's probably why it took so many years for me to actually get to a place where I was okay to speak up. When I got older, which means you're a lot more wise, right? You just decide, I don't care anymore. 
I have to do X, Y, Z to fix something. And, but I was very young and I started my career at 19 years old. I'm still growing and I just really buried it. And so when things started happening to me, even as a young adult, I didn't know how to deal with it. And so I just kept moving. And you're funny because you would even speak to me and be like, you are so shallow. Like you are just so, <laughs> you have no, you have no way of showing like, talk about real things that have happened to you. And I'm like, no, why would I do that? Like, it makes me very sad. Why would I even want to go there? Nobody wants to go there. And, and I didn't, and I didn't go there for a long, long, long time. And then when I finally went there and I talked about childhood history where I was molested, and then I talked about having a stillborn child as my got pregnant, got pregnant, had a miscarriage, then had a stillborn. So you lose two children and you didn't even like, and they're very different, right? When you physically hold and touch a child that is, looks like it could be crying or breathing and is not. And then you immediately have a baby a year later, like back to back. I had no time to process. And I just kept moving. I told my husband a lot more recently when we were going to therapy that I'm like, I don't know if I'm mad at this or I'm thankful for this. But him as a spouse, when we got home from the hospital, we didn't stop. He was like, let's go out. Let's go. Let's go to the mall. Let's go eat. You know, and I was just like, uh, he's like, the worst thing for you to do right now is just lay in the bed. Like, we got to go. So he would like every day intentionally get me out of the house. And we went one time to the mall and we walked past like a, a kid's store or something like that. And this was like within the week of like getting out of the hospital. And I oh. lost it in the middle of the mall. Lost it. And we were with all the family. Like everybody's like, it's a great day, you know. <laughs> And I'm like, it's not a great day. Like it's, I'm, I'm out. And I left, I left, I was like, I can't do it, Alan. I can't do it. And we left, but he, he kind of kept pushing me to like get back to normalcy. Yeah. And honestly, I told him, I was like, I wish you would have just left me in bed. I probably would have been in the bed. <laughs> like, but it, I don't know, you know what I mean? I don't know what I would have been if I did stay in bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think it's multiple things, I think you need both, right? Like you need to have somebody who is not allowing you to like wallow, right? So maybe he needed to do that. Maybe not the week of, right? Like maybe giving you both <laughs> some time to like grief and grief comes in waves, right? We know that like it can just been something that happened a hundred years ago, but then just like all of a sudden is the hit you and now you're boo-boo crying, right? So like grief comes in waves, but I think the thing that we, I don't even know how we would know this, right? I don't know where this education needs to start. I don't know where it needs to start, but you, we are not experiencing like anxiety for no reason right? Like something happens, right? But where do we learn, right? Like how could Alan know, okay, we've experienced this thing. Now what I'm supposed to do, the healthy thing to do is for us to go to grief counseling, for us to get a therapist, for us to spend time grieving and mourning the loss. And then we should like, hold. Yeah. I never took a class like that. I never heard that. And if your, if your parents Y'all know what generation these parents come from, right? If our parents are not in that space or in that industry and they did not experience like trauma supported by, you know, the healthcare field, the mental health care field. And when you think about the age of our parents and that psychology was like fake news back then in their time, right. like absolute fake, like what are you talking about? They were talking about cutting people's brains open back then. You know, like they, this is, our parents didn't have it to give to us. It's not taught in school. How the heck right. do we even know, right? That we should be taking a time out. So that makes, it makes sense from his standpoint. Like this could end us as individuals, not just the marriage, but this could destroy us as people. You see that people will, um, lose people that are close to them. The loss of a child is one of the greatest losses, what they say, right? When that happens, people literally do not come back from that. They yeah. are and talking about talking about professionals, what you just said about breaking us. If someone ever tells you, like, and a nurse said to us the day of checkout, 
she said, most marriages do not make it through this. So just, just know you probably will not make it through this. Like it was already like, um, that's cool. So I think Alan to him as a godly man, he's like, well, we're going to do all we can to make it like, you know what I mean? Um, that's another great right. example. And that's another great example of like, I can take advice and suggestions. I make the like, but I'll make the last decision. I'm the final. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm the final decision maker. I don't care how many. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. Oh, that's what you've seen. Okay, that's great. Thank you for your advice. Thank you yeah. for your heads up. Now we know we have to go home and fight like hell for this marriage because yeah, we're not letting anything but death separate us. Right, that type of thing. Right. I think um, if you're listening, right. I want you to hear like all of these life experiences, all of these um, challenges, obstacles, devastation, trauma, crisis that we've been through. And I want you to consider the fact that it doesn't have to be such a huge traumatic event. We've both kind of talked about some super deep traumatic things, but truth be told, it can be something small that just gets in and like just nags at you over time that leads to breaking the dam of anxiety, right? Like you just dip, 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 And now all of a sudden you're having a panic attack. Dip, dip, dip. Things that you didn't even notice. My first, my first panic attack um, was in 2003. Mm. First of all, I was a teen parent. Um, and... So I, I was when I say I was a teen parent, I mean, I was pregnant in ninth grade. So by 10th grade Christmas break, I had an actual human child that I was responsible for. And I raised my kid. I know. Can you imagine that Christmas break? As well. <laughs> 10th grade. What did you get for Christmas? A baby. A baby. baby girl. That's what I got. Bye, right. Girl. <laughs> exactly. And so and so I, that's. That's how I started. But I went to regular school. I still kept my honors classes. I worked from the time that um, she was two months old. I worked. I got a job. I went to school. I went to my same school. Then I went to another school called Spruce Creek. Shout out to Spruce Creek High School, Port Orange, Florida. They had a teen parent program. And so I was going to school. I used to have to get up. I used to have to get on the bus at like six o'clock in the morning. But I had to get up at 5 a.m. to get myself dressed, to get my daughter dressed and get all the bottles and stuff together. And then I would go to, you know, get on the school bus would come right to my door and I would put Micah on the school bus in a carrier. And then I would go back in the house and get my book bag and my baby bag. And then we would get on the bus and we would ride to the town over because it was in a different town to the next city over so that I could go to school. I tell you all this so that you understand that I started doing that at age 16, taking care of a kid, going to school and working. And that was just my life. So fast forward to 2020 to 20, um, 2003, I was 23. So I have been doing this for seven years. I had three kids by this point. I also graduated from high school. I went to college. I went to, um, I had, I went to Kaiser college for a year and I transferred to the community college and I took full schedule. I worked full time had three kids and a husband, right? This is just my life. And so now in 2023, I'm graduating from the community college and I'm getting ready to go to Florida State University. This move to Florida State University, we're going to be moving into an apartment. And for the first time since I was 16, I will not have to work and go to school at the same time. Because of my financial aid, I will only be going to school full time. Um, the kids will be in daycare and we're going to stay in student housing. They had like a um, non-traditional and I was non-traditional because I had a husband and three kids, right? This is like the weekend or week before we move. I'm at work. I was a certified nursing assistant. Regular day, had a meeting. Okay, cool. Now it's time for me to go report to the nurses station so I can see like whatever. And then I could feel like my heart beating super fast. And then the next thing I know, like I could see myself falling, hit the floor. And I thought to myself, I'm dying. Like 23, I wasn't even 23 first of all, I was 22. It was 2003, but I had not turned 23 yet. I was 22 years old. I am about 
passed out. I didn't pass out. I hit the floor. My heartbeat is pounding. I cannot breathe. They put this thing on your fingers so they can see your pulse and oxygen. My oxygen is great. My pulse is like 170 beats, 165 beats per minute. Once you get to like 160, 170, you can have a stroke. You can have a heart attack. Like once you get up that high, they put this oxygen mask on me. I was taken by ambulance to the hospital. Oh, when I get there and these people are asking me this question, I got this heart monitor on. I did not have a heart attack. They're asking me all these questions and they're like, <laughs> they're like, and nothing major had happened in my life up until this point. Like, yes, I had a kid, but that did not seem like traumatic. I just, you have sex, you got a kid, that's it. Um, they asked me all these questions. They're like, are you stressed? Are you whatever? I'm like, no, this is the best time of my life. I'm getting ready to leave this town. Finally, I've been wanting to leave my small town my whole life. So I'm about to blow this popsicle stand and I'm getting ready to go to Florida state, which I wanted to go to Florida state. I had got accepted right out of high school, but I didn't go. I'm like, this is about to be great. And I'm not going to have to work. This is the best time of my life. Anxiety attack hit the floor, trans at the freaking nursing home. They call an ambulance not for the residents. I call the ambulance for me and on a stretcher in the back of the ambulance, <laughs> gone to the hospital. But if you would ask me before that anxiety attack, what happened? What was the trauma? I had not experienced any death. Uh, this was a great time in my life. My, my thing was about to be easy. My life was about to be easier. I was doing something that I really wanted to do. But what we don't realize is that we build up stress every single day just by the nature of living. And if mm -hmm. you don't put into practice things that help you to reduce stress, those things, that buildup of stress in your body can easily lead to anxiety and depression. It does not have to be these huge things that Amber and I are sharing. I had not had a loss. I did not have depression. I have not hit the flow at the nursing home, anxiety attack, right? So I'm saying this to you because I don't want you to discount yourself and feel like, well, maybe it's not anxiety that I have, or maybe it's whatever, because I don't have these huge traumatic things. It doesn't have to be huge trauma crisis. It really is our inability to deal with the day-to-day -day stressors. Like you said, mm -hmm. not having tools or using the wrong tools or being or being unaware not a girl you don't even know and then one day it just hits you right and yeah. so how are you dealing with one I'm going to ask you oh, I want us to share two things I want to know if you um are still currently experiencing anxiety and when I say that I don't mean like a healthy person has anxiety where, you know, every once in a while we have feelings of being anxious or things like that. I mean, anxiety where it's, it's making decisions for your life, right? You kind of have this little anxiety friend. Um, let's start there. Do you, how, where are you on your anxiety spectrum right now? Present yeah, I mean, on a day, yeah, present day on a daily basis, there are definitely things that go through my mind where I'm, I even map out my day in a, in a, it could be simple decisions. What gas station do I stop to get fuel at? Because which one do I feel that is going to be as calming for me, right? The location, the experience where, you know what I mean? The whole thing. Um, and then do I go pick up groceries or go in the grocery store with my children or without my children? Well, I feel safer without because then I don't have to worry about who's around and hold my hand and grab the grocery. So I think about those things. Um, where do I park my vehicle before going into the store? I watch my surroundings. So all of those things are on a daily basis. But the reason I know that they bother me or they're triggers for me, if they could go wrong, is because I've been made aware of it. And so now I know how to deal with it pre-getting into a situation. Um, and so sometimes there's things that I can't control and it could be my surroundings that I didn't put myself in that position. Right. But something got said, or I saw something or heard something that I can't really control. The only thing I can control is how I react. And my reaction is not always the best, but I try to put, I try to eliminate things out of my mind or my, my sight or my surroundings 
by refusing to accept it. So like watching the news, I don't watch the news. And the reason I don't is because it gives me so much worry. And the only reason I know if something major is going on is because my family knows. I'm like, y'all could just let me know if something's happening that I need to be made aware of um, because it could affect me, right? Like go ahead and let me know. But other than that, that's it, you know? And there are things like I recently experienced some stuff within my family that I now have set up a boundary. And I'm like, I can't hear any more stories about this because it it's, it's a trigger for me. I can't do it. Um, and so I, but if I'm not aware that something could bother me, then that's the problem. Yeah. But awareness is what I've grown into understanding and it's definitely gotten better. And, but it's not easy to deal with, you know, it kind of, stinks and sucks that that's just kind of how I do life. But my therapist that I took a pause from because it was just too much for me, but she was like, we'll just put you on a pause right now. Like that sounds wonderful. Um, is that I, she says I'm very passionate. And so she's like, you're not crazy and nothing's wrong with you. You're just very passionate about this. And I'm like, huh, I love the way that sounds. I am a passionate person. <laughs> and so it's how you speak to yourself and how you allow others to speak to you. And the simple little words that get said a lot can actually be another mental breakdown for you. And if you tell yourself something's wrong with you and then you tell yourself, you call yourself names like idiot or crazy or I'm dumb or why am I like this? You know, I'm weird. Then you become that person. And then the more you speak it, the then other people actually start saying that about you. So jokingly I say some of those things I think naturally it just happens I don't even know I'm saying it but I'm very aware like after and I'm like actually I'm not, I'm not actually crazy you know what I mean a yeah. licensed therapist told me I'm not crazy so I'm very passionate about this um <laughs> and you know and I, I, I and I think that's the best thing that's ever happened to me is actually speaking to someone to she broke down why I am the way I am off of my history of like the way I was raised or my circumstances and just how God's created me to be. And that's also a beautiful thing that I think about a lot. And I was like, there's a reason that he has designed me this way, you know, and then I have to embrace it. So whatever that looks like, people know that they're going to come to me if they want me to be mouthy and fight off. Cause I will. Right. Like (laughs) I'm very passionate person. So if you want anybody, Hey, I'm your girl. Um, And, but I have to also like with your surrounding and your friends and your spouse, I have now, they've become aware. And so my husband knows how to, how to, I want to say deal with me, (laughs) right? He knows the the right things to say. He, but it's not what I want to hear, but it's the right things to say. And and he gets it. And he's like, I, cause a lot of times you can really hurt the people that you truly love. When you deal with things like this in your life, you can be the nastiest to those people. Yeah. Um, but it is sometimes, <laughs> I mean, that sh- it just happens and you don't even try, but um, knowing that now my husband goes, I know you're not actually coming to me like that. Like, I know you don't feel that way about me. It's because of this. So, but because of that, that's what triggered it. And now it's snowballed into this. And so he's very aware of it and he just, he accepts it and he loves me and he goes, well, how are we going to fix it? What do you need right now to make you feel safe and happy? And that's something too, the safe word was used a lot by my therapist. What makes you feel safe? And I was like, I've never really even thought about that, you know, but my kids make me feel safe. You know, so like if something bad, like I get emotional always talking about it. But but if like something bad happens, what is your like, what do you go to, you know? And if something crazy is happening and I have no control over myself, if my kids are not around, then it is a lost cause, you know? And like, I've realized that. And so a lot of times situations happen like that and they're at school or they're doing whatever. And so I'm just like, oh my God, it's like, I just need the kids, you know, cause I can control that, you know? Yeah. Um, 
Well, that's so good. Um, I like that you're talking about like, okay, I'm more aware now. Now I'm acknowledging some things. We've put some things in place. My husband knows. How did you get to this place? Was it was it because of therapy? Are you in this place as a result? Yeah. Yes, yes, 100%. 100%. Um, before you took a break, how about how long were you going before you took a break? I feel like it was close to a year because I... I mean, it happened kind of fast. Once I reached out to the therapist, right, she got back to me and then I answered a lot of questionnaire. And then within like a week or two, we were like starting sessions and I did everything virtually, which I thought was a beautiful thing because no matter your situation, you could log into the computer. And so I, I chose to do virtual and I, I went to therapy on my own for several months. And then the more we kind of broke into situations and conversations. And I was like, I really feel like me and my husband need therapy. We need that together, you know? And so then instead of me being like independently coming to her, then we just turned it over to couples. And so we just did couples therapy instead of now me and all of that. You're, I don't know if people that haven't gone to therapy, your counselor won't typically, or your therapist won't typically like, you know, have therapy sessions with you and then also have therapy sessions with you and your spouse or whomever it's like either one. And so um, we chose that that was more important in that moment. And so then we did it together for a long time. And then I got to a point where, and this is just honest. I got to a point when every session would set me back two days, I would have a session and then I was a basket case for two days and not necessarily like like people could see it on me, but it would mentally shut me down because my brain was processing what we just discussed and I would be more emotional. Um, I would be more quiet and reserved. Like I just couldn't show up my best self for like two more days. So I had work obligations and like, sometimes I just had to like get through it and it was tough. And then I finally just brought to her and I was like, I got to stop. And I was like, I'm going to cancel. What do I need to do to cancel? I was so mad and just angry. And I was like, I just need to cancel. Every time I talk to you, I just, I can't do it life. So I'm tired of talking about the crap that sucks. So when can we talk about good stuff? You know? And so, but every conversation starts with a conversation, but then you realize in that conversation, it turns into something that you didn't even think you were going to talk about today or even know was anything in your heart or spirit. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. She's like, well, okay, you can cancel. That is fine. She's so sweet. So respectful. And, um, and so she was like, you can even pause it if you would like to do that. And whenever you're comfortable, we can just start right back. I'm like, great. I'll call you in 10 years. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But knowing like you, this is, I'm just being honest here too. Courage and I actually do life with each other. Yeah. Courage to see the good, the bad of me and everything. And so she knew from just stories in our conversations. She's like, yeah, um, I have a therapist. And I was like, yeah, I think I probably need her information. And so it was you really bringing that like onto me. I was like, because I wouldn't even know where to start. Where do you start to find one? And then can you even trust this person? Like you're really trying to open up to someone. And so I just, I really appreciate you. And I've told you that many times, like just introducing me to that. Um, And so it just, you have to have people in your life that tell you the stuff that you don't want to hear. It's just not like if you have a circle around you that they are your hype people, no matter how bad you're showing up and they can't be honest with you. Those are not your true people. Um, and typically that comes with like a paid entourage, right? It's like, y'all better tell me I'm doing good. I don't care how bad I suck. Right. Yeah. Uh, but like your true friends, that you're not paying to tell you how amazing you are every day. These are the people that are going to be like, yeah, you actually sucked at that. So let's talk about how you can do better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I think that's really good. And, and so I want you guys to hear, like, she has made some progress, right? She's not where she used to be. She's not fully healed, right, from anxiety. Um, when you are still talking about, like, managing and, you know, triggers and people have to approach it a certain way and those things, that is still progress, y'all. Like that's, we're not going from 
you know, everything is tearing me up and people are unknowingly doing things and I'm unknowingly putting myself in a situation. It requires awareness. It requires new boundaries. It requires like during the healing process, because it's a process that there are some things that are managed until you can dig everything out and get completely healed from the things that kind of lead you to carrying this anxiety, right? So her journey might not be done, but there is progress that's been made, right? And she made that progress. One, she's the first thing is her squat. It took somebody who she loves and who loves her to be like, hey, this does not seem healthy. And if you're in a space where people are saying that to you, but you refuse to accept it, or you don't take what people say, that is something that you have to look at yourself with. Right. Like you have got to look at yourself and ask yourself, why do I think I know everything? Why do I think I'm smarter than every single person that I know? Because if these people who I know and love are kind of saying these things, then maybe I might want to can ask myself, even if I've always done this, is this the way I want to continue to live? Well, I've been like this my whole life. OK, cool. This you want to keep being the person that goes off the deep end. You want to keep being the person that is at a 10 in anxiety because you got to take your kids to the grocery store. I mean, how many more years, weeks and grocery trips do you have? That you're, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you want to stay there? Okay, no, I would like for it to be different and for my kids to be safe. Okay, well now maybe I need to look at somebody, right? I feel like I have, I was in, I was, uh, we had the same therapist and I've been with her, I think, what, what month is this? I think two years now. I've been with her for two years. Yes. And my triggers and things like that for anxiety, I also don't watch the news. I've been stopped watching the news. That was like long before I got a therapist. Stop watching the news. That helped with my depression. I overcame depression. I did not have a therapist for that. It took way longer for me to overcome my depression. And so this time when I saw that my anxiety was like, it was starting to like run my life and make all the decisions. Every decision was based on something that I had never experienced based on the possibility of this horrible outcome. I'm like, this is too much. I do not like this. Um, I decided to get a therapist. And so I've been seeing her for two years and I'm so different. Y'all like I have made a complete 180. So I used to be like afraid of everything. And that fear made my decisions, like where I would go, my travel, what I thought, the thoughts that I was thinking all the time. I would be in a crowded room thinking I'm in this crowded room. Somebody probably has a disease and I could probably catch it and I'm going to die. Or like I would have a pain in my side and I'd be like, oh my gosh, it is probably a tumor and now it's going to grow and I'm going to die a slow death. Oh, I would have like everything like, oh, I'm probably going to die of this. I'm going to die like consumed my thoughts. And so because I could die at any time, it also kept me from making healthy decisions. Because even if you make healthy decisions, I have a friend who did these healthy decisions and she still was diagnosed with cancer. So I could just stop. Like everything was like, I could just, everything was going to lead to my slow death. When I tell you, I'm so over that. When I tell y'all that I am, I, I'm going to go ahead and say officially that I have officially overcome anxiety. I'm completely healed from having this like general anxiety and like and making choices. It doesn't mean that I don't have anxious thoughts. It doesn't mean that I never worry about things that it just means that my right mind, my health. And when I say right, I mean, in, in, in alignment with what God says is possible in alignment with what God says is true. I spend more of my time there than any place else. I tell people all the time, um, I don't have bad days. I have bad moments. Like I had a bad mm -hmm. moment, not having like bad days. Now, if something happens, but anxiety is honestly not always tied to something happening. It is typically right. tied to your thoughts, right? Because right. we respond with fear when there is a gunman. That is not anxiety. That is common sense fear. I could actually die. They have a gun, right? <laughs> That's one thing, right? I'm talking about I'm on a I'm on a plane, ain't nobody got no gun, and I'm on the plane, like, oh my God, somebody can have a gun. Okay, now this is where the anxiety is. I would love to say, like publicly right now, fully overcome anxiety. Um, it no longer makes decisions for me. It is like we've moved on, we uh 
my great uh, therapist, Chetney, and I have moved on from anxiety to emotional maturity. (laughs) 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 We've moved on to the next thing that I need to grow up from and find out, okay, why are you such an emotional child? Um, And, you know, I'm like... I'm not, that's not the right way to respond. Interesting. <laughs> oh, so I could have responded in a better way. Huh, I, that never even occurred to me. <laughs> that was, I didn't even think that there was anything wrong with how I responded, right? Like now we've moved on to other yeah. things. But what I want you to, but what I want you to hear us saying is that for both of us, and it may not be therapy for you, but don't let it not be therapy, right? Like right. don't just toss therapy out and say like, oh, it's definitely like, give it a try. And, and I've had a few, more than one therapist um, and it takes some time to find a good one. If you know your friend is seeing a therapist and you've seen growth in them or you've seen change or whatever, um, then maybe asking them, you know, like, hey, who would you recommend or how would you, how did you find them or whatever? And that's actually how I found Chutney. She was who we used for a different case. Um, I worked at a school and we used that company, a company that she used to work for. And we saw tremendous um, improvement for the person we helped them to get connected to. And so I just went back to that place because I'm like, well, obviously they know what they're doing over there. And that's how I got connected to her. But I want you to hear that therapy is not just for like, okay, I've already experienced this. Therapy really is a great way to help you learn how to manage and have the tools for the things that come with life. Big crisis, small crisis, and everyday agitation and, you know, issues, right? If if either one of us have been equipped with what we are equipped with now, we might not have gotten to a place where we had these anxiety attacks and all these things. We might have been able to better manage and right. recognize and heal from the actual crisis. And so we just want to encourage you to, one, talk about the things that you are dealing with to not just like have them buried deep down for you to get in a community or get in a squad or something where you can actually share the things that you're dealing with so that somebody might be able to offer you some help or say, hey, I went through something very similar, this is a person. So the first step I really think is like admitting it and allowing yourself to be vulnerable with people who love you and say, hey guys, this is how I behave. And I know I've always behaved this way, but I actually don't like that. I actually don't like that I'm the one that's always the problem when we travel because I'm the one that used to always be the problem. Like, like you know, I'm saying like I would just have this huge amount of anxiety around it, and I would be already complaining. We even did nothing. I don't want to be that girl in the friend group. I don't want to be that girl. Like, I no longer want to behave that way. So I don't know what to do in like talking those things out. Um, I'm, I so love you. Who knew that we were going to talk this song? We should have figured that. I so love you. And I'm so glad that you decided to um, co-host this with me so that we could just talk to people about anxiety. There are tools and things that you can do that will help you to fully heal from anxiety, but recognize that it is a progress. It's a process. And you don't know how long it's going to take. Some of the things that... um that like determine how long the process is, is one, your ability to do the work, but two, some of the things that you've experienced. So maybe it only took me two years to get fully healed, but some of the the three things that you shared on here never experienced those things, right? And so it's gonna take you longer to do. Do you see what I'm saying? And so I don't want you guys to be like, oh, this it should only take me a year. Should, no one's going to take as long as it's going to take. And I'm going to right. do what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? Even if I have to take a break, um, I just asked Amber like a couple weeks ago. I'm like, so when are you going back to therapy? I'm just, I'm just, I'm like, I know you've been on a break. Like, do you have it in your mind? Right, because I love her and I know, and it's not because there's a, that there's an issue, but I love her and I know, like, there is a freedom that I live in right now because I've completely gotten to the other side that I want for her because I love her. So that's why I'm asking like, so what do you want with? I mean, I know it's rough, but I'm just curious. You've been on the break for a minute. <laughs> like, you need people in your life oh, no. that are going to say that to you that are going to be like, mm, okay, well, I was just checking, friend. And in six months, just so you know, I'm going to be checking again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, because I want this freedom for you, not because I'm trying to, you know, not because there's any issue or whatever. Um, do you have anything that you want to say before we close out? 
I would just say to the listener now, honestly, just if you're questioning anything, I would just maybe ask some people that are close to you and say, what are some things that you notice about me that you feel as though weren't me before? Or, you know, just getting like an honest opinion of someone that actually does life with you. Like maybe they see you at work life. Maybe they see you in your home life. Um, And you can ask several people. Because a lot of times you're not made aware of it because it's so normalized to you. But to somebody else, they could be like, yeah. But then don't judge them because I think this is very easy to do, right? You asked for their opinion and then they tell you, like, well, you also messed up. So, you know what? You also need a therapist. (laughs) Like, I think we're very quick to just, like, you know, be on defense. But just in an open and don't take it as anything. Just go, okay. I just, I need to know that I need to hear that because that can be something that I've not noticed about myself before. And when situations occur, write it down in your phone and your notes. And that can be maybe kind of like add up later. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that because we don't always see ourselves. We don't always notice areas where we're struggling because we've been living it the whole time. So I absolutely love that. Um, Tread lightly with who you ask and expect to take like, I would say expect to take like a day or so or expect to take like an hour after you have these conversations because it it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel Mm -hmm. good to hear like, oh, well, actually, um, my husband told me one time I was super critical. First of all, I asked him. Then I wanted to know who asked you, but I did. (laughs) And he was like, you know, you can be very critical. Like you just criticize a lot. I'm like, first of all, I do not. And you would want to talk. You're the one that like, first of all, ma'am, you came over here tapping me on my shoulder asking me, but it just hurt. I felt so bad. He didn't intend to hurt me. He just answered the question I asked him, but I needed, I needed some time to like cry about that. And then when I could hear that in other spaces, which is something that my therapist tells me, it's because I don't show myself any grace. I don't have any Mm -hmm. grace for other people because I don't have any grace for myself. And so now Mm -hmm. I know, okay, this is what I need to work on. I I am this way. I do behave this way, but I don't want to be that way. I need to Mm -hmm. write. So I wouldn't have seen that. I wouldn't have brought it up to my therapist. I wouldn't have considered it. If I hadn't asked the people that experience me and still choose to be around me, even though I'm always, you know, rainbows and butterflies and sprinkles, you know what I'm saying? So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, Oh, before I forget, listen, this episode is sponsored by, oh, wait, hold on one second. This episode is sponsored by Olivia Hayward. You see, I got the yeah. Listen, and she's got those earrings. I did not tell her. This, first of all, this is the second episode where I've interviewed somebody and they were also wearing Olivia Hayward earrings. So that right there goes to tell you, one, these things are so amazing. You can go to oliviahayward.com, use code COURAGE at checkout so that you can look as cute as me and most guests look. I mean, we just cute out here. You see like so many different types and styles. You don't want to miss that. And um, if you're thinking like, oh my gosh, I have something amazing and wonderful that I want for COURAGE to share on Bold Faith, then be sure to... Slide into my DMs. You can send me an email, Courage at Courage Molina, or slide into the DMs on social media, which is Courage Molina, and let me know that you are interested in securing a spot as a sponsor for Bold Faith Podcast. You see what I'm saying? Shout out to Olivia for great earrings. Thank you so much. It's so important too, as small businesses, to support other small businesses. And as a sponsor of this show, she is supporting this small business. So don't think you have to do something so huge. Like, how can I support? As You know what? I can sponsor an episode. I can sponsor a show. I can be a sponsor at an event. Oh, let me tell y'all. It is time right now. It is open to the world. Women only. It's a women's retreat. Faith Ignited 2024. I will be there. Her Likens will be there. Um, she is one of the speakers again this year. Absolutely amazing. You can go to boldfaithchurch.org 
to register today. Um, we've already started making, you know, people are already registering. There are only 30 spots available. Go to boldfaithchurch.org so that you can register for the retreat. It yeah. is July 12th through the 15th, 2024. You don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss this. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. It's going to be so yeah. good. This year was amazing. Next year was going to be even better. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you as always for listening. Be sure to check out Amber everywhere. Amber Likens at Amber Likens. Check her out on YouTube, Instagram, AmberLikens.com. And all of her information <laughs> is available in the description. I'm also going to see, she doesn't know I'm going to see. I'm going to see if she can give you guys a code for her sugar scrub. Oh, I already have it. I have a code. Do you want it? Yes. What's the code? It's called scrub, please. <laughs> please. So use scrub, please, at checkout. If you check out Amber, don't worry. I'm going to drop that in the description so that you can find it. It's a scrub that I use. First of all, I really promote stuff I don't believe in. Um, so just so you know. But yeah, it's a great scrub. Get your scrub. Get your earrings. Register for the retreat. Then you've done all the right things for the day. Okay? Exactly. Do the right exactly. thing. Right? I love y'all. This is a great podcast. This it is such is. a good podcast. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you. Y'all should be sharing it. Let people know. All right. I love y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Thank you, guys.